Continuity was a big talking point at Pelicans media day and they think it'll help them get off to a great start this season. But is this the final roster the Pelicans want? And what would it take to cause them to make a big trade? It's the Thursday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team in New Orleans, Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, and we are going to look at the roster for the New Orleans Pelicans, particularly the continuity about around it and why that's important, but also, do they want to make a move? I think they kind of want to make a move, and I'll explain when maybe we will see that start to come to fruition. So, of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here, Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, coming to you like no one else is, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast, comment down below on YouTube, and become an everydayer. Support the channel by listening Monday through Friday. Number one way to keep this free in five days a week for y'all. And if you haven't been listening to every show this week, we got a lot. We kind of broke down media day. The biggest takeaways on Tuesday, yesterday, I went into the offense and what to expect from that this year. I think it'll be a big, big Brandon Ingram year. And now we're going to look at the roster and kind of look ahead a little bit because the Pelicans aren't just thinking about this season. They're thinking about multiple seasons from now. And of course, for your second listen today, Make sure you check out Locked on Saints with Ross Jackson. Can the black and gold kind of get it right? Because they're a bit of a rough team right now, and that's not fun. So he'll give you an idea of what they're going to be able to do. So let's get into this. Roster continuity was a big trend theme from Media Day. They all kind of preached about it, talked about the importance of it, the atmosphere in the locker room. And in the interview that I did with Zion Williamson, which is on the YouTube page, by the way, Zion said to me, it feels like it's a college team here in New Orleans. And when you look at, you know, the past couple NBA champions, there's a lot of roster continuity with all of them. You know, Nikola Jokic and um, Jamal Murray have been there in Denver for a while, the year before that with the Golden State Warriors. I mean, we know it. They're the Golden State Warriors. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks had Giannis for such a long time, Middleton for a long time, added Drew Holiday, which took them over the top. But a lot of those guys had been there for an extended period of time. So they like this roster continuity. They think that it's going to help them, you know, build team chemistry, get off to a fast start. And in a sense, they are correct. And look, if all of these guys are happy and having fun, that does elevate your play on the court as opposed to if you're just like miserable and you don't like everybody. So having that roster continuity, I do think is an important thing. But, but... David Griffin, Trajan Langdon talked about this a little bit at Media Day 2. You know, they repeatedly said they don't know what they have in this team. There is definitely some level of unsureness of that. Is that a word? Of the roster. You know, they look at this team and they go, okay, well, you know, if it doesn't work, we're going to have to make some significant changes. David Griffin basically said as much on Monday. You know, I think... 
they're underselling it a little bit, right? Like I think they know they have a general idea of what this team is capable of doing, but just 10 games played with the big three that past season. Yeah. That doesn't bode well for you trying to kind of collect data and necessarily see what this team needs or what little minor tweaks need to be made. You know, I've done a number of shows saying, I think BI and Zion Williamson coexist just fine. But with CJ in there, does that change the math, change the calculus a little bit? Then I guess that it could. So if they don't feel this group can compete, they're going to make a move. And we know they tried to do it in the offseason. They can say this was the group they wanted to go in with, but uh, not quite, right? We know they discussed trades to upgrade at the center position. It's been reported they reached out the Cavaliers about Jared Allen, about uh, to the Indiana Pacers, about Miles Turner. You know, when you look at some of the moves at the beginning of free agency, they pushed Garrett Temple's guarantee date back. That was because maybe they were trying to include his salary in a trade and couldn't find a deal. And I think that was in the lead up to the draft, maybe, or right after. So whether all of those type of moves is skepticism around what this team can be, them saying, we don't know what we have, or if it's just trying to kind of make minor improvements or like medium improvements to the roster, who knows? But clearly, they wanted to do something. I do think we should not necessarily look at it through the veins of they sh- they don't uh, the, through the lens of they don't think this team's good. They don't know what they have. Right? Again, they were first in the West in December last year. That shows there's something there. You don't win a championship in December. But you also don't get to first in the West in December as a fluke either. And they had a top six offense, a top 10 defense. I forget what it was ranked at the time. We also know the design wasn't too great. That was a lot of just Zion Williamson isolation basketball and everything and kind of him carrying it. But they do at least know this team can be competitive enough. Can it be competitive for a title? I think that's maybe more of an open question. So they're open to making a move. What it would take to actually get them to make a move, we'll talk about in the next segment here because there's a couple of things that go into all of that. And I think there are certain people that are definitely safe on the roster if they feel they're they're competitive enough. You know, if they make the playoffs and they go, okay, we're ready to make kind of a big move here. The opportunity presents itself, both of which we'll talk about in the next segment. They'll make that kind of move, and I don't think you'll see Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram moved. I think they're very happy with all of them. CJ might be a different story, but if you look at how he's played in practice these first couple days of training camp, you know him being healthy and the mentality he brings to this team, the maturity he brings to this team, I think that's a valuable guy to have. So would you be looking at you know a Jonas Valanciunas trade, something along those lines? And that's more likely than not I think, what it would end up being. So they have the potential to do it. Look, they have the draft picks too. We did, you know, the asset rundown and I compared them to other teams in the league. You know, I think you could argue that some of those assets have changed a little bit and maybe the Oklahoma City Thunder have more valuable picks, but they're in the top five when it comes to like war chest of assets that you could use to make a big move. That'll get you pretty far on things. So what would it take to get them for them to actually make a big move? And it's a couple of things. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. 
Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. I absolutely love wearing mine, and I wear them all the time because it's still warm here in New Orleans. And the Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and your leg, and it gives you just a sculpted look. They're not baggy. They're not loose. There's some stretch to them, but they're not going to be like looking like you just kind of rolled out of bed. They're fitted. And I, I love wearing them. I warm to a brewery over the weekend and had a couple people compliment me on it. And they fit way better than regular shorts because regular shorts are made of stiff, restricting cotton. And they use a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches. So you get the slimmer fit without sacrificing movement. And they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And bird dogs are functional for any occasion. You're out golfing, you can throw them on. You want to go right to a date after that? Wear the same shorts, an evening out, whatever it might be. They're going to look great on you. If you want to give Bird Dogs a try, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. And I basically don't when I wear them all weekend long. And thank you. For making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, the number one Pelicans podcast. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Become an everydayer of the show as well. That's going to help us out. And if you want to talk and interact with me more, join the Locked On Pelicans Insider Subtext Group. The link is in the description down below wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. You can text me directly. Ask me the questions you want. I was sharing some insight and info with y'all in there, and I've been doing so every day. There's a 14-day free trial, so give it a shot. If you like it, stick around. It's only $4.99 a month. If you don't, that's okay. The show is still free and five days a week for y'all. And as we start to get more trade rumors, things like that, I'm going to be sharing that in there as opposed to Twitter, anywhere else. So that's the place to get a lot of the inside info. And there's going to be exclusive content, Q&As, things like that too, that won't get put for everybody else. So give it a shot if you want it, the links down below. Okay. So we are talking about the Pelicans roster and what it might look like now versus middle of the season, end of this season, beginning of next season, I guess is the better way to do it. You know, last week or the week before, I forget which, we did a show on all of the draft picks that they have. Those Bucks picks, right? Another Lakers pick. They own a good number of draft picks, some of which, you know, maybe have changed in value a little bit since the Damian Lillard trade. And those draft picks feel a little bit like they're burning a hole in their pocket, right? And if you look at it like a stock market, you know, the value can go up and down. It can fluctuate depending on what those teams are doing. And at least one of the Bucks picks now looks less valuable than it did a week ago. So is this one of those things where the longer you hold on to these, the worse they could get? And the answer could be, yeah. It could get better too. Hasn't exactly happened for the Pelicans. One of the Lakers picks did. That became Dyson Daniels, certainly. And if, you, if you're just worried about the value, you could just keep these picks. You don't have to trade them. Even if they're late first round picks, that's valuable when you're trying to build a sustainable winner in a small market. You know, if this team's not going to pay the luxury tax every year or go deep into the luxury tax every year, and there's no reason to think they're going to do that. David Griffin and Trajan Langdon talked about the tax, said they're no, under no mandate from ownership to duck it or anything like that. But they're also not going to simply pay for a team just to simply pay for a team if that team's not good. That's worth 
repeating, and they might try and duck it at the trade deadline if the team's not good. So it's to kind of go and leave the team because of cost-controlled measures and things like that. So it's important, right? Look at, you know, Trey Murphy was the 17th overall pick in the draft. I think there's value to be had later. And this team has done a good job of identifying guys, drafting guys, you know, second round picks in Herb Jones, later first round picks like Trey Murphy. They've also done a good job with undrafted guys in Jose Alvarado, Najee Marshall, Kenrich Williams before that, though I think that predates David Griffin. I can't remember. So those players are all useful to a team. Trey looks like he's going to become a star. If you were to let Brandon Ingram walk, let's say, and they're not going to do that, Trey could, in theory, I think, replace him a good bit. I think he has that kind of talent there. So you could do that. But this team is also watching the NBA's new landscape and the impact that the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, will have. And at Media Day, David Griffin talked a bit about something called the second apron. And we don't need to get into all the nuance on the collective bargaining agreement here. But teams that are deep into the luxury tax hit a level called the second apron. And once you get into that, it basically just means you can't do anything. It becomes so restrictive to team building. And I've talked about this on the show. Right now, a couple teams where these second apron rules aren't in play yet are just going to spend some money. And you used to be able to spend in the luxury tax all you want. If you have the money, you can spend it and you can stay in there for a long time. And you have access to basically what everyone else kind of has access to for the most part. When you get into that second apron territory, you can't. The second apron is specifically designed to break up tax-paying teams and teams that have been doing it for a while. The Boston Celtics are going to be a good example of this, I think. The Golden State Warriors are eventually going to have to reckon with this as well, along with the Phoenix Suns. Those are some teams that are just like sending it. Even the Milwaukee Bucks will. And that's why I thought one of their later picks, the one that the Pelicans have in 2027 or 2029, I forget which one it is, 2027, could be pretty valuable actually still. So Griff said that in a year, he thinks teams are going to start cutting salary. And that means you're trading away good players that just don't fit or you just have to make a hard decision on. And the Pelicans, with their draft picks, are going to be in position to pounce. Could they have made some moves over this summer to tweak things around the edges? Yeah, and use some of that draft capital? Sure, there's no doubt about that. But then you're not going to be ready to strike when the player you want becomes available. And... You don't know when the next star player is going to be, be available. And we'll talk some about the most, some of the most likely options in the next segment here. I'll give you the names and everything. But who knows what the next guy, who the next guy is going to be. And so you need to be smart about timing your opportunity. And when you start to think about it in terms of timing, timeline here makes sense for the New Orleans Pelicans. They don't know what they have. They don't know what they really need to do with this roster, at least according to them, though I disagree. Okay, if you're planning, if you think the market is going to be ripe with teams selling off good talent that you could get because they need to dump some money, be prepared to do that. That's this coming off season. Don't make a move right now at the trade deadline, let's say, that is for a suboptimal player, not someone as good as you might be able to get later. Work efficiently in the small market. So that's what I think they're trying to do. And the timeline really works here. Evaluate the roster this season. 
pay the tax if you have to, maybe get underneath it if it looks like you're going to miss the playoffs, but evaluate your roster this season. You say you don't know what you have, figure it out this year because you've done the things that in theory should make you a healthy team. Zion looks more bought in. We did a show on that. Other players have believed that as well. So that is something that I think is going to go a long way. Evaluate your roster. Then you know what you need to do this offseason. And hey, you got plenty of options because they think they're reading kind of the landscape of the NBA and that those options are going to be there. So don't make a move just to make a move right now. Make a move when the time is right. And I think that is maybe what the Pelicans are looking to do. So when you get frustrated that they didn't get in for Damian Lillard or Drew Holiday or some of these other players, right? Like Malcolm Brogdon's certainly going to be on the move. Could they go and get Malcolm Brogdon? Would I hate it even if they got Malcolm Brogdon? Like not, not at all. But would you rather Malcolm Brogdon or Joel Embiid? You know, would you rather Malcolm Brogdon or Carl Anthony Towns? Malcolm Brogdon or somebody else, right? Like there's those kind of deliberations that go into the decisions to trade for a guy or not. Is there, you know, is the grass always going to be greener or something like that? And the answer to some of that easily could be, I think, uh, a yes. So that's important to keep in mind when it comes to trying to figure out whether they're, they're missing the boat on trades or things like that, or if they're just kind of doing the right thing and being smart about how they operate. So who are the names, though? Let's have some fun about who they might go after, who they could go after when it comes to the, this offseason. Who are the next superstars that may you know, ask out or be fo- you know, forced to trade? Let's take a look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You want to get in on the Pelicans' win total over under? Over 44 and a half wins? I'm feeling good about the team, won't lie. Now is the opportunity to do it. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. Get ready for the NBA season two. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, breaking down everything you want. As the trade rumors start to heat up, I'll be hearing things. I'm going to share them in the Lockdown Pelicans Insider subtext. It's the only place you're going to really get that from me. You know, especially the things that like I can't put in the show per se. So you have an opportunity to kind of be in the know on certain things. So join it. The link's down below. You get a 14-day free trial right now. Shoot me a message. Ask me a question. I'll respond directly to you. Give it a shot. So we're talking about the roster, future trades, things like that, and kind of seeing how, look, the continuity is going to be good for New Orleans. I don't think they're making a move anytime soon. Maybe at the NBA trade deadline as the landscape, again, shifts, and maybe a team that thought they were going to be a contender isn't going to be a contender. But I don't think anything's going to change right away, right now. And I think that's okay. I think the continuity will carry them forward a little bit. And again, there's a lot of talent here, and they want some time to evaluate this roster. Okay. But we know they're open to making changes and making big changes at that. 
So if you time this right, and that's easier said than done, who could you be going after? Well, you see, you see some of the names right, right here. You know, the biggest one, I think, is Joel Embiid. The Philadelphia 76ers are a bit of a mess right now. James Harden reported to training camp. Okay, cool, but he wants out. They're, they're not going to get a good return for him. They're not going to get a player at his level, and he's also in decline. And even if he stays there, wasn't great at times in the playoffs for him. Had some vintage Harden moments, but not enough to close out a series that you went up 3-0 on, something like that, 3-1 on, whatever it might be, and we're in complete control, and the 76ers really choked that away. You know, if Joel Embiid doesn't think that they're going to be able to win, does he want out? At a certain point, is he like, this is just so much of a mess. Harden left. They got nothing in return for him. from him. It's because of Harden's relationship with Daryl Morey souring. That doesn't speak well of the future of this team. I want out. You know, I said earlier in the offseason, I would, you know, if Giannis wanted out, I would, I would trade Zion for him. I'd trade anyone on the Pelicans for, for, for uh, Giannis. I wouldn't trade anyone on the Pelicans for Joel Embiid, but y'all, he was the MVP of the league last year for a reason, and he's very, very good, and I would move a whole lot, including maybe Trey Murphy, to go get Joel Embiid and bring him here to New Orleans. You know, he's... A little bit older than maybe you'd like. He'll be, you know, at that point, 30. He'll be 30 this season. But he is dominant. Dominant. Past two years, he's averaged over 30 points per game. Last year, 33 points per game, 10.2 rebounds, 4.2 assists. He shoots the three ball a little bit too. Like, he is a player. And he's a defensive force. That's one of the things that's so impressive about him, three-time All-Defensive player, six-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, two-time scoring champion. This is a guy, if you can go and get, can change your franchise. He takes away the paint in ways that very few others do at the NBA level with just his incredibly like massive size. I'd go after him, and I think there's a very realistic possibility that he's the next guy that wants out. Maybe trade Zion for him, maybe trade B.I. I don't really know. I haven't thought about it much yet. Let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube. You know, what about another big man, Carl Anthony Towns? And as Minnesota goes forward, if they realize they're not a contender with the Towns and Gobert pairing, you're not going to get the same kind of return for Rudy Gobert that you gave up to get him. Five, equivalent of five first round picks, essentially. You'd get two, if that, one, you know, with the contract that he has. So they're not going to go into that kind of sunk cost mode trade him, especially not with Dell Demps there who like struggles with a sunk cost fallacy. They're going to trade Carl Anthony Towns because they know that'll give them the greatest return. I'm not the biggest Towns fan. I'm not the biggest Towns fan, but I don't deny that he's a very, very good player. And if you could add him to your team for a little bit cheaper than you might be able to get him otherwise, yeah, you could talk me into this pretty easily. He'll be 28 this year, so he's still young. He's a good three-point shooter. Last year, 36.6% from three on almost six attempts per game. The year before that, 41%. For his career from three, he shoots 40%. For a big man, that'll work. Rebounds relatively well. He's a very good, skilled scorer. You know, he can handle the ball a whole lot more than he has been in the past. That's a player that makes sense. Malcolm Brogdon... Or Carl Anthony Towns, you pick. 
We could go down the list even more here, right? There's Trey Young, who at a certain point, the Atlanta Hawks are going to have to make a decision on, are they good or is this all a mistake and they just need to kind of blow it up, recoup as many assets as they can and try and have some sort of weird rebuild. Trey Young, bit of a ball hog, not actually a good three-point shooter, not as good as people would think. Still a useful player and a scorer. You know, if you could bring him in, move CJ, would you? <coughs> I think that could make a lot of sense th there too. You know, for another younger guard, Tyrese Maxey with the Philadelphia 76ers too. He's not signing an extension there. Maybe he wants to wait and see what exactly is going on with this team. Are they going to be competitive? Are they not? If he's like, they're not going to be competitive. I want out. I'll refuse to sign an extension. This is a guy who averaged 20 points per game last year. For his career, he shoots 41.4% from three. I was a big fan of his going into the draft. He's very, very fast and has good size too. Pretty decent defensively as well. Those are the type of guys I think you should be going after. And so, yeah, it's with the Pelicans to wait a little bit for that right kind of move. And that's why I think their kind of approach of let's use the continuity we have to be better right now makes a lot of sense, but let's try and time when we're going to do something. And it feels like it won't be this season, not ruling it out, but just feels that way. I think they really do believe in this core and want to see what they have in them. So you get to do that this year and then this coming off season. Okay. Let's use some of those draft picks because we don't want to risk them getting worse than they already are. Think that's the right timing? Do you want to make a bigger move right now? Let me know in the comments down below. Don't forget, live show Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. I'm looking forward to seeing y'all then. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. It's the Locked On Pelicans Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. See you at the live show tomorrow, 7 p.m. Central on the YouTube page.